0: Hey everyone, this is Sam Culpepper, bringing you the Culpepper Chronicles, where myself and special guests hope to bring you, the listener, more information in regards to self-sufficiency, fieldcraft, survival, marksmanship, gear, and theory, with the aids of not only personal experience and opinion, but historical and technical documentation as well, all in the hopes to better prepare you for impending collapse and hard times to come. Now, pull up a seat and let's get down to it. Hey everybody, this is Sam, coming to you with Season 3, Episode 2 of the Culpepper Chronicles. Uh, Talking mobility tonight, Um, and kind of the the fallacy I feel that a lot of people fall into in terms of mobility, and they kind of set themselves up for failure. So, I will talk about it kind of in a two-stage process. The first stage or group would be the, uh, the homesteading aspect of it. The second stage or group would be the uh, gorilla aspect of it. I'm going to try when I can to do episodes going forward and, and break up the nuances between the two and how it pertains to both types of situations. Because while some things are uh, are obviously you know co-applicable, um, they don't always tend to go that way. So to start with on the homesteading aspect of it, uh, we will talk about it not necessarily from a homestead where you have... Support. Uh, you have infrastructure like right now. Like anyone who has a homestead right now, uh, unless they are 100% off-grid, no dependency on power or water or anything like that, have sourced everything on their own and continue to do so, and have renewable resources. Um, if you're if you're not in that boat then you use infrastructure. You have the ability to uh, go to town to get equipment. You have the ability to go to stores to get supplies. You have the ability to go to mechanics for repair. So uh, right now it's not as big of an issue. And I think a lot of people fall under this idea that when it comes to especially vehicles in terms of mobility, that as long as they store up some gas, they'll be okay and i mean i I, i'm i'm saying this coming from someone who's kind of thought that before and i I no longer think that uh and they put a lot of dependency on vehicles to move equipment and move objects and gear and people and animals and things like that and right now i mean why not uh we have the ability to i mean i'm lazy just like everyone i'm going to use the least amount of effort that i can especially after a long work day to haul heavy equipment from one place to the other. But right now I have the ability to. However, I'm not letting myself fall under the idea that I'll always have that ability. So I'm working on alternate methods of mobility in order to do those things because if you think about long-term sustainment, uh, we we grow gardens because they're renewable. We have animals because they're renewable. And as long as we do our part, all that stuff is renewable. But things like gasoline, it's not renewable. Uh, I do not have the ability to go and refine cr- and uh, procure, refine, and process crude oil into gasoline. I do not personally have the ability to. If you have the ability to, hey, that, that's awesome. I don't have that ability to. So the only option I would have would be to store massive quantities of it in order for it to extend me uh, through several years. And we're talking hundreds of thousands of gallons at that point. Um, even if I had that capability, because I know there are people with 500 gallon tanks and 1,000 gallon tanks and stuff like that, even if I had that ability, uh, that does not factor in wear and tear on vehicles. So do you have enough parts to keep your engine going and do you have the capability to repair it on your own? Uh, what about tires? It, you can stock you know, all the tires you want, but if you don't have the ability and capability and equipment to pull old, uh, tires off of wheels, replace, and then balance those tires, you're not gaining anything. So having mountains of, of tires sitting there, unless they are already on wheels and balanced and ready to go and complete plug and play systems, they're not doing you any good. Um, I, and it's really hard for people. It seems to get that mindset going. Um, because you see it all the time you see it in people who build these ultimate bug out vehicles they're they're focusing on a vehicle that's old enough that doesn't have a computer and they're they're putting all the suspension system and they're putting all of the these brush guards and lights and tires and we're gonna put this extra large gas tank in it and everything else and the completely nullifying the fact in their mind that they've now got a 10 gallon or 10 mile per gallon vehicle it is 40 miles to your closest trade area so i mean that's four gallons there four gallons back, eight gallons total on a 20 gallon tank that's going to eat up pretty quick and that's not factoring in any wear and tear that you're going to run into if you can't mechanically provide for your vehicle then putting a ton of effort into having one, I think is false. It's not that we shouldn't if we have the ability to. Right now, I use a vehicle. I'm driving a truck right now. Uh, It's getting me from point A to point B. I use it when I can. I use it when I need it. But I don't rely on it solely for transport. I have other means of transport. We have ATVs, which again, you fall into the same deal. Um, You only have a limited number of gas and supplies and parts and tires and things like that. Uh, one thing I'm looking into and I really want to get going for our home is not only horses but as well as mules for uh, for packing equipment. Uh, it's something that I've really been watching a lot of information on uh, and trying to, to figure out about because I can then if I need to travel the 20 miles into town and we no longer have you know gas or we can't afford to use the gas in the vehicle because we need to save it for things like backup generators to run power tools and things like that, which again, I'm looking into hand tooling a lot of my stuff going forward. If I can, uh, I'd have the ability to saddle up a horse, uh, and then, uh, put a couple of load bearing platforms on some mules and maybe haul goods into town to do a swap to haul goods back. So if I need a, a, part for a soften pump or, or whatever, whatever situation you come up with. Uh, that's how it has been done. So historically speaking, that's how it was done. You had, you had pack mules, you had horses, you had oxen, you have hand carts. I mean, you know, there have been religions that have pushed hand carts for miles, heavy laden hand carts, pushed and pulled them by hand instead of using animals. There's the ability to do so. We just have to find that capability. So, if you're someone who is sinking a ton of time and money and effort into having a souped up doomsday vehicle, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that I, I hope you have the logistics and capability to keep that thing going to get the return on investment that you're putting into it. If you don't, then I would suggest looking into other alternate you know, means, which is what I'm doing right now. Um, I understand and I've always felt, I won't say always, but at least in the last five to 10 years, I've really felt that vehicles are kind of this crutch that we fall into. Um, and we do it in other things, but especially vehicles, because it's easy to say, yes, I've got all of this stuff, uh, and it's okay, I can move it if I need to. If we have to displace the family, because we'll throw it in the back of the truck, or we'll throw it in the back of the SUV, we'll load everybody up, and we'll take off. And that goes really great until you run out of gas. And now you've got this giant anchor, setting on the side of the road because you have no like you have literally no capability to move the equipment so there's no point having it um just make sure that y'all are keeping that in mind uh and you understand going forward that you have to be able to prepare and have capabilities outside of the dependency you have on the internal combustion engine okay so with that out of the way and for the most of it out of the way um I'll probably circle back at some point. Let's talk about the gorilla side of it. Okay, so vehicles. Um, I think a good allocation for vehicles is going to be uh, the use of moving heavy equipment or heavy objects such as uh, support structures or if you are needing to set up actual roadblocks and stationary uh, guard posts and things like that. The heavy stuff that uh, it's easier to haul than to build into place Um, I think that's where you're going to be using them for. I think you need to relegate them for that as well as troop movement. So, um, if it's you and you've got 40 guys in your group, uh, having a couple vehicles to move those bodies where they need to go in order to, uh, provide security is a must. Um, that could be not only security of your home or your neighborhood, but you may end up being, you know, a mercenary for hire at some point where you're trading corn for protection to the neighboring town they see how good things are going for your town because you and your town have put together this security uh, apparatus and raiders are not messing with y'all because they don't want to they don't want to put that that effort into it and they are now turning into this other town well if that's the case uh you very well could be approached and said hey look um We really could use your help in this town getting us set up with a security defense program. Um, Would you come help us? We will give you XYZ resources that you need. Well, then, you know, you could travel it on foot, but if you have the ability to because you've been planning accordingly and keeping stores and uh, everything else of gasoline and, and parts and stuff that you need to keep, you know, two to four really good working vehicles going versus, you know, 20, you could then load up your guys that you can spare and go over to that town and then come back. With minimal effort and a lot more rapid uh, movement, because anytime you are disparaging your forces, you are you're diminishing your security forces to go help others. That is then leaving your area more vulnerable, and you have to you know take that into account. Um, vehicles, if you're not careful, are just going to be a giant target as well. So think about um, the way drones are used, especially the way they were used in uh, the Middle East. So, they were looking at Toyota Hiluxes because they were the most, you know, everyone that was bad, it seemed, or good for that matter, they were the most common vehicle. Toyota Hiluxes, especially, you know, set up as technicals with guns in the bed of them or hauling groups of men, those are all going to be target indicators for anyone on a drone. And if you are someone who is thinking about going toe to toe with a government force, uh, they are most likely in at least the first five to ten years going to have the capabilities to use uh unmanned aerial surveillance uh if that's the case understand that a vehicle is much harder to hide than a person it's not only a bigger visual signature um but it's going to create a, a larger thermal image too so if you're factoring that in as well it's easier to hide a body than it is to hide a pickup um Vehicles, while great, just like with the homesteading aspect of being able to haul large amounts of things, are not always going to be in the cards. You may have to um, travel vast miles to get through rough terrain in order to approach a target in a manner that they do not see coming. Uh, you will not be able to do that with vehicles, especially not in my area. My area, if if that's going to happen, it's going to be through thick wooded jungles and bluffs and draws and everything else, and you ain't getting a vehicle through there, partner. It's just not happening. You may be able to get an ATV. You could definitely get a horse and pack mule train, but you're not going to get a vehicle through there. So you need to be able to understand uh, the capabilities of your body and your group and not be dependent on vehicles. Uh, you, If you've got someone who's a horseman and has mules and can teach everyone else, make sure you're knowledge sharing that stuff because, you know, you, he may not always be around. Uh, but that is, again, a point in time where something like uh, a mule train or horses uh, or dirt bikes or whatever, because they offer more mobility in a smaller package, um, they may be a better option than, than, you know, pickups and SUVs and things like that especially horses and pack mules, because uh, as long as they're good and trail broke, you can take them pretty much wherever you need to go. So that is something that, again, I'm looking into for not only homesteading purposes, but patrol purposes. Um, If you are doing patrols of your neighborhood, it's going to behoove you to do it on foot. Number one, you're quieter, so if you do have it upon somebody, you have less chance of uh, early detection on their end. Um, It's also going to uh, decrease your resource use, so if you do have vehicles, and you do have gasoline, you have things uh, stored at the side, it's going to decrease uh, that resource use so you can use it when you need to. Uh, so like an emergent thing, so like let's say that the world's not completely over with and you have uh, hospitals still. Um, you may not be near one, but you may have the ability to take someone who's critically ill to one. If that's the case, saving resources for, uh, for situations like that makes sense so uh, back to the patrol aspect yes you are going to be able to patrol quicker and uh, have less fatigue in a vehicle but you may miss something that you wouldn't miss on foot routinely you can drive down any trail around here in a truck and you can't tell what you just drove over a lot of times you can't tell what you just passed by because even if you are going extremely slow it's just not the same as having boots on the ground and feeling the ground on your feet you're not getting the same uh, sensations. You're not getting all of your senses kicking in because you have the sound of the vehicle. You have the smell of the vehicle. You, you have you know, glass that you're having to see through the windshield or the window or what have you. It's just not the same as being on the ground. So when that comes into play, it's just technically, in my opinion, better to have foot mobile units that can patrol an area. Um, when it comes to gear and that that's kind of one of the things that brought this on is a week or so ago i posted a picture of me in the belt kit in the pickup truck that i'm in right now driving to and from work and it wasn't an issue and everyone's like oh my gosh you can't wear you know why would you wear that in a vehicle that's stupid wear a a slim belt and a chest rig and i'm not banking on vehicles i am not basing my life and mobility around sitting in a truck i'm not planning on going through an urban metropolis in a bullet magnet. Uh, so why am I setting my kid up for something I'm not planning to do? And I think that's where a lot of people fall into play uh, or fall out of play is they, they look at the way things have been done in the past years based off of our military and other militaries that are highly mobile. They're in vehicles all the time. Uh, they're displacing from helicopters for short duration missions and then getting back in said helicopters. Uh, or or, you know, ground vehicles or what have you, they can't have a whole lot of bulky equipment on them. And you're absolutely right. When people say, oh my gosh, I'd never wear that in a vehicle. Sure, I would never wear it for long term in a vehicle. It just doesn't make sense, but I'm not banking around that. So make sure that if you're setting up your kit going forward, you are understanding the limited capabilities of your mobility if you are uh, only going to be in a vehicle. So again, when people say, well, why do you need all that sustainment gear? I'll just haul it in the vehicle. Well, what vehicle? What if this is three years down the road, and you, or months for that matter, because most of us don't have enough gas storages, and we are going to abuse it and not use it correctly. Um, what if you still have to make that patrol, and you still have to do those things, and the only gear you have is a lot, you know, pistol belt, um, because and a chest rig, because it fit well in your vehicle? You're going to feel pretty foolish. So, um... When it comes to gear, make sure that if you are going to have vehicles as part of your routine, you do have kit that's going to work well on vehicles, but understand that there is always going to be uh, a limited capability and a time frame. Uh, The minute we no longer have the ability to access and source readily available gasoline, uh, as well as parts and tires, but especially gasoline because it's the most consumable aspect of it, you are then put on a clock. And whenever that clock runs out, it's going to depend on you and what storages you have and things like that, what you can band together as a community. But you will eventually run out of gas. You will eventually run out of tires. You will eventually run out of oil to put in your vehicle. It's going to happen. So uh, just make sure that you are making allowances for that going forward. So I kind of talked about some alternate methods, uh, but realistically, look at history to tell you what is gonna work, especially for your area. If you are someone who lives in the desert, look at how desert people moved, um, when they moved, how they moved, what equipment they use, what animals they use. I'm not saying you need to go out and buy a camel tomorrow, uh, but understand that history is going to tell you a lot about what you can use in the future because we have been building up technology wise at this point. Everything behind us has had lack of technology. Um they got it done with less means and resources than you have today. Substantially less in some cases. Um, understand that you can look in your area and look at your area history, even pictures, and see what they were using. Was it horse-drawn carriages? Was it wagons? Was it oxen cart? Was it hand-pulled wagons? Was it you know via foot traffic? Think about all those things and and put it into applicable uh, areas of study for yourself. So again, for my area, I live in the Ozarks. I've talked about it before. What you've seen in the past was, uh, foot traffic that transitioned into horse traffic, uh, and then eventually transitioned into wagon traffic. Well, you know, that was more to do with the fact that a lot of the deforestation was happening for the sake of progress and building townships in front of your homes and and carving paths to the woods and things like that. I don't have to deal with that anymore, so I may not have to result, result all the way back to foot traffic unless I want to. But oxen cart or horse and cart could totally be done. So maybe I should look into uh, setting up if I or if or when I get a horse and mules and things like that, getting a wagon. Uh, <clears throat> truth be told, in my area, it's nothing to see. Uh, someone go down the road in a wagon that they put on regular like car tires pulled by a horse. It's just, it's honestly, it's not out of place at all. and happens all the time. I mean, it pisses my dogs off, but it happens all the time. So there are still people who are currently using that capability that as long as I know them in my neighborhood and I can make a connection with them and talk with them, I could possibly learn that skill. I can learn the skill of, you know, hooking up and harnessing a team and, and working a team off of a, off of a wagon. Um, it doesn't have to be on car tires. It could be on whatever, but that's something that you could set back. You could work um, a relationship with someone who has a used tire place and set back decently okay tires to put on your wagon. They don't have to be great because they don't have the same load carriage capability um, as like a vehicle does. And they are certainly not going to have the same mileage that a vehicle does. So maybe you don't have to have new tires set aside for it, but you can have some decent, you know, pull-offs set in there that if need be, you can put on uh, onto the, onto the wagon. If you have the ability to put it onto and air up, which is another aspect of the whole deal, uh, those tires, you don't necessarily have to balance them because they're not at the same speeds. They're not at the same setups. So above all else, and it's the point that I always try and make is use critical thinking for your needs. Don't look at me and plan your way around the way I plan around because i'm not looking at you and planning my way around the way you plan uh my needs and the needs of my family and the needs of my town are going to be different than the person who maybe you know is married with six kids and lives in a town next door uh, his needs and the way his town is set up and the relationship he has with his neighbors is going to be completely different than mine so um, while we may live in the same area we may have different needs and different capabilities so always always think critically about where you are and what you're doing and how you are doing it and put it into a honest context um if you are someone who does not have the capability because you live in an apartment or whatever you don't necessarily have to live in a town but i mean there's apartments everywhere there's apartments in my little town um if because of landlords or whatever you do not have the ability to store drums of gasoline or tanks of gasoline you can't put that in if where you're living and where you plan to live for the next five years is like that, or the next 10 years is like that, uh, don't plan on having a vehicle because you don't have the ability to store supplies. You can store you know, foodstuffs inside your home, but outside you have regulations. If that's the case, don't plan on it. Don't plan on having a vehicle. Uh, plan on maybe some gas on hand. Set the vehicle there and just only use it when you absolutely have to. I mean, that's a viable solution. Uh, I mean, have a solar charger for your battery. They can trickle charge it or what have you. And keep it set to the side under a tarp. And only use it when you need to. Keep it hidden away. Keep it tucked away. Covered from, you know, not only visual sight, but the environments. So it prolongs its use and its life. And and do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, do not feel like because you're not sitting there with a... Uh, Oh no. A Jeep Cherokee that's set up to go trail riding and has two jerry cans on the back and you've got, you know, a hundred gallons of gasoline in the home and everything else, don't feel like you're inadequate next to that person. Because chances are that person's sinking all that time and effort and money into that and not into things that are actually going to benefit them. Uh, if you are if you are that person, you have vehicles like that and you're actually putting forth the effort and you're doing things and learning the things and you have the statistics and logistical capability to prolong the use of that vehicle indefinitely, more power to you. I only wish that I could be you, but I don't. Um, There are so many other things in the grand scheme that I need to sink time and effort and money into, especially being a family man, um, that it just does not make logistical sense for me to do so. Uh, And I would wager that that is going to be the case for the vast number of people listening to this. So, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, not a super long podcast. I know a lot of you have asked for longer podcasts. Uh, I will try and get longer ones going in the future, especially with my guests. Uh, those usually last, you know, one to two hours. Mine are kind of like a 30 minutes tops. So, I will try and do my best to get longer podcasts going uh, in the future if that's what you want. As always, you know, let me know in, uh, in Instagram. People all the time uh, message me on there let me know what you think. Let me know what you like, what you didn't like, Uh, any topics you want to have covered or discussed. I'm open to just about whatever, as long as it's, you know, good, clean, healthy fun. And, uh, as always, you know, may God be with you and your family and I hope to see you on the down the road.